Hey everybody, it's Ricardia from Me and the Gals, and today before our episode, which was titled Crappy Childhoods, I actually wanted to send ahead a little bit of a disclaimer. The episode was recorded several weeks ago now, I think even more than a month, and we the gals and I had no, absolutely no expectation of what was about to unfold in the world. I'm referring to the Ukraine, of course. And so we thought it might be a good idea to just send ahead that though we don't want to create a hierarchy of suffering in any way, we do realize that the kind of topics we talk about in our episode today in no way compare to what must be going on, what is going on not 13 hours away. So if we sound flippant or lighthearted in this episode, it is because we still were able to do so and didn't see what was coming. So with that in mind, we do hope you still enjoy the episode, that there are things in there that do make you laugh or think or both, and wishing you all the best from all of us. Hey everybody, welcome back to a new edition of Me and the Gals. My name is Ricardia, I'm one of the hosts and I am joined by... Hi everyone, this is Karina. Hello, this is Sophia. That's right, those are my co-hosts. For those of you who have not yet had the incredible fun of listening to the three of us, um, today we're going to talk about a... I want to call it a favorite subject, which sounds a little morbid when you think about the title, which is crappy childhood, crappy adulthood, question mark. We came to this subject, we do all the time because we're always talking about, well, crappy childhoods and (laughs) experiences in general. And we noticed a certain thing happens. Sophia, would you like to get us started on this one? (laughs) Yeah, well... I didn't have a crappy childhood. Oh, come on. There she goes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And what happens is that you get really angry, both of you. And Karina sometimes says, I want to slap you. (laughs) So can you please explain what you are? Why? Why are you thinking like that? Why are you ostracizing me? So yes, it's true. Sophia will sometimes tell us stories. Keep in mind, we're in Sweden and Sophia and Karina are from Sweden. So anytime Sophia opens her mouth to narrate a little anecdote from her childhood, I feel like I'm reading an Astrid Lindgren story, right? So maybe we'll start with Karina. What is it like to be married to Pollyanna over here? Oh, it's <laughs> awful. It's, pro- it's so provocative. Uh, well, actually, it's not that is not true because sometimes or rather i should say i think i have been able to see another perspective of me by listening to her happy childhood <laughs> it makes my crappy childhood even worse in, in a way <laughs> so thank you for that but it also sort of um, it gives me a bit of hope because when i look at myself today as a grown up person and uh, having an adult life life I actually think I'm doing quite well you know even Mm -hmm. though I had a crappy childhood sometimes I think like that and sometimes I think oh can you imagine (laughs) where I could have reached if I would have had 
you know, supportive parents and a healthy relationship with people around me and no alcoholism and no depressions and no nothing around me, where would I have been if that had been the case? In a way, you're comparing. And so that is what mm-hmm. sort of triggers the provocation there that you feel mm-hmm. like, come on, that seems kind of unfair to you, maybe? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I immediately feel it's unfair in a way. But then my adult me takes over because I know when you go through hard things. What is unfair? Well, it's kind of unfair that I didn't have it, but you had it, you know, in a way. But I'm I'm also, I'm trying to think, and I've always tried to think about hardships as like good things. in the end because once you're through the hardships it kind of makes you bigger it makes you stronger and it makes you i hope a better person can i say that yeah but so i should be actually i should be grateful for the tough parts in my life i guess but sometimes i forget about that and you provoke me because Damn. So what did you you mm. also want me to have a would it be better if I had a chitty childhood? <laughs> chitty childhood. Um, well, would it we, be better because I mean I'm sorry I, no, I it can't. Wouldn't. No it wouldn't be sometimes better. Sometimes I feel like you because when we are now it's going to be a therapy session here. Yes. Sometimes when we argue which we seldom do but when we do you sometimes can say stuff like I I don't know but you get angry and I mean I say like, that's easy for you to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. It is easy for me to say. Yeah. There is a difference in experience. I mean, I have in my, just to sort of, so this doesn't become a full, full on domestic problem here. <laughs> let, me, let me come in here. But I also have the same reaction as Karina does. My reaction to Sophia's story and also actually an ex-relationship that I had of mine. There's sort of this mixture and maybe Karina, you can also speak to this where part of me doesn't believe it. It's like clearly you're in denial. <laughs> then there's the envious part that you've already mentioned. Then I get slightly annoyed because I'm like, wait, but why? Like, what? Well, you don't know anything is my reaction. And then, mm-hmm. and we'll get to the adult reaction later, which is, of course, inspiration, gratitude that this person exists, and a little bit of awe. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. watching Pippi Longstocking. I mean it now because yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. how, what? But why, how does she do that? <laughs> And in my reaction, like in this mixed reaction that I have, I realize I'm not so great with dealing with someone who did have a content childhood. Whereas if somebody tells me just how 10 types of crappy their childhood was, I'm like, oh, yeah, I get you. Do you get that? I know. And oh, yes, I get this one because you feel connected to the people around you that sort of have the same experience because then you sort of have something to talk about and mm. you can totally get the other person and you can totally feel what they're feeling and what they had feel felt but with Sophia that's not the case but we're still getting along so well this is very interesting mm. that we actually picked each other yes I am not attracted to people that are just like me Mm-hmm. Because uh, I don't think there is any uh, resistance in that. But mm-hmm. I'm very interested in people. So, uh, I mean, if everything was A-OK and happy chappy. Well, if I can say something here, I when I'm thinking about it now, I'm so, so happy for myself that I actually managed 
to change my radar because it's mm -hmm. a question about having a radar to find the right people for you. And I think you are the right person for me because of the differences we have in in our childhood and the way we became adults and, you know, simply differences in, in challenges and experiences. Because mm -hmm. that gives us to a very interesting... Uh, um, dynamic? Dynamic, yes. It does, doesn't it? Mm. Absolutely. Do you, Karina, feel like you did any sort of, I'm going to call it inner work, if you will... Are you to kidding me? Become... Sorry. <laughs> Like, as in, as in, did I ever stop doing it? Yes. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But what were some of the things that you feel like enabled you, if you will, to not maybe now have a partner who had a similar childhood to you, who is not, mm. I'm putting this in very big quotation marks, broken in some ways? What do you think helped you to become someone who's essentially not caught up in trauma, drama, whatever label we want to put on it, and to move forward and I'm going to go ahead and put this in quotes again, healthier way? Yeah. What I did would, you do? I wish I had a good answer to that one. I, oh, The first thing I thought of to say, and this is a bit hard to say, but I think it was actually Sophia who saw the potential in me before I saw the potential in me to be a partner to you. Mm. I think I you gave me a way of seeing myself through your eyes. Oh my God. Oh, I'm going to cry now. <laughs> it's uh, totally which, allowed. Which is um, a very good thing to experience, actually. Hmm. And as you said, I've done a lot of inner work. I've done inner work. Oh, I'm so fed up with the inner work. So it's actually quite nice to actually just live, you know, mm -hmm. to be in a relationship that has this dynamic. I think what's encouraging about what you're saying, and in fact, really admitting that Sophia, in a way, evoked this aspect of you, right? What I like about it, and what I think is encouraging, is that a lot of people think, I have to first become this, that, or the other person. I have to optimize this about myself. I got to improve on that. I got to catch up with that shithead who you know, rejected me in ninth grade, whatever, because only when I have checked all these boxes and I've crossed my T's and I've dotted my I's, am I ready for a relationship? And I think, what in the name of, you know, <laughs> F-U-C-K, well, I'll never be done. Are you kidding me? How many lifetimes am I supposed to yeah, spend on? Don't forget, that? we are never going to be sort of ready, done, finished. No, no, no. That That work continues this lifetime and many, many lives to come, I believe. And it continues in the relationship. I mean, I'd love it to does. hear from Sophia now. It's not like you find a person and, okay, done, work's done. Like, that's when the work begins in some ways, no? Mm -hmm. What defines that, what you say, my childhood? I mean, that's so great. I mean, of course, I also had faces. Difficulties. Uh, yes, of course. Because you, you were challenged. You see, you were challenged by the adults around you, mm. uh, which is not always an easy thing either, because I wasn't challenged at all. I mean, there was nobody who actually told me what to do and how to do it and why and how I should feel or how I should think or, you know, like a parent 
is supposed to do, I guess. While Wait, you, you don't mean challenging necessarily. I think you mean encouraging, yeah? Because I mean, I was plenty challenged as a kid. I'll, t I'll tell you that, just not in a good way. I, um, oh, what I do think, you mean? I think Sophia had both the challenges because mm. you mm. were often told how things should be done. Yes. And you had a lot um, of expectations. Yeah, I think there was your... a lot of expectations, but I also think that my parents saw my potential. I think so, and which I couldn't at some times. It's <laughs> not you and me now. Yeah, but... Are you uh, my parent? By... <laughs> um, but my father and mother, but I think especially my father, because he has read a lot of books on... Uh, growth. Yeah, self-growth. Growth, self and... That he wanted... I think his philosophy was that he wanted me to be the best version of me, my mother also. There was a lot of encouragement, a lot of encouragements, but also, of course, uh, criticism. Hmm. I, I mean, it, doesn't, it hasn't hurt me or anything. No, I think what I always notice in Sophia is, and I wonder what comes first, a word that gets thrown around a lot, and it's called resilience. And what it essentially means, how I understand it to be, is that, yes, you have challenges. Yes, life throws you. It's not like Sophia had the perfectly smooth sailing life, but these people bounce back from difficulty mm. more quickly and with less feelings of traumatization. And I feel like Sophia has that, whereas with other childhoods, it can sometimes happen that it feels like a trigger or mm -hmm. at least a repetition and we don't bounce back sometimes as quickly. It takes longer, I think, because mm. you have to figure everything out by yourself. That's a very no. strong feeling I have that I, I, I have been very lonely in my, in my growth and in my decisions and in my, you know, crossroads. Yeah, I think that, yes, you bounce back maybe faster but what i don't bounce back faster from is like nasty people really nasty people uh they can really get to me nasty people because uh, you're not used to them no i'm not no <laughs> like me <laughs> yeah but i am yeah but you see i think that this has been a, a strategy or, or a, a way f to survive for me because i was adopted and I think uh, I was abandoned a couple of times in my very early stages in life. So I think that I developed a, a shield or something. So immediately if I feel that there is something dodgy going on or whatever, and if I feel that this person is not, this, this person doesn't mean well, I immediately shut off and I can absolutely just walk away even though we could have been friends forever it's because you're not used to taking shit no or i'm not used being to being treated shit. Um, no but i no unfair I mean, if or you... in a bad way or yeah but I just that's very interesting to me because i just you know i i know i get a lot of crit criticism a lot of people have said that to me that uh, how could you just you know cut that or that person off and but you know if somebody shows me their face their right face what they really think of me or what they really would like to say when they're drunk or whatever then i feel that that is not a friend of mine and that there, there is no way you can sit down and have a, a conversation with that person to say, okay, let's figure this out. 
Um, so I'm not the one who's, you know, I'm not banging my head against the wall with those people. And quite frankly, they always leave a little bit of a scar in me, but bouncing back, hmm, no, I don't think so. I don't think I bounce back. I just let it go somehow. Well, that to me does signify bouncing back maybe. No, yeah, but it's still there. Yeah, I know, but you won't, like you said, you cut off sooner. Yeah. And from the sounds of what you both said just before, you don't run into them as much. Whereas I feel like sometimes what Karina has said is that they were all around. It was like, well, if I cut them all off, I'm going to be standing here by myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like a, um, but it's like, I think what you can't see, you can't be. And then immediately you attract a certain type of people. In terms of the question we asked at the onset, right? Like, does a crappy childhood automatically yield a crappy adulthood? Then for me, I would have to say not necessarily. And yet I sometimes feel like when we listen to Sophia and she tells us another strawberry picking story or whatever it was, <laughs> um, that I sometimes feel like, not anymore, but it used to be, I thought this person's never going to fully understand me because they don't know what it's like to be X, Y, and Z. And by thinking that I had successfully not just made myself a bit of a victim, which can happen, that's fine, but I could have run the risk of staying in that crappy childhood. So I guess going forward, the question is, how has, have you, Karina, and then me too. How did we somehow manage to not turn this into a crappy adulthood? Granted, at later times in our lives, I mean, we both needed a moment here to get where we are. And what did we change, I suppose, is the question. I think I changed the people around me, my choices of people. That's, a one, that's one big step for me, for sure. And I, I'm not saying that I have a totally crappy adult life not my entire adult life, but I have had some crappy years for sure. And now when I think of it, it's like I lost a couple of years there by mm -hmm. simply having, um, you know, the wrong people in my life. Uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to my next life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will do everything right by the book. You mean your spiritual life? My spiritual life, yeah. I'm thinking I, I am doing the best I can right now in my life. And it's not a crappy adulthood, I would say. No, not at all. Not now. But I think that can change during your life, definitely, if you want it to change. I mean, there are people who, who never change. They just keep on. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would like to see myself as a person who has changed. Yeah. But I also think, my, if I might be the provocative one here again, <laughs> I mean, I, I think you're not fully grown or an adult or you're not uh, mature or whatever i mean you become that when you let go of your childhood and you you put the blame on your parents or whatever when you can let that go i think you have got, come a long way because i i think that certain events in your life will definitely change you i mean for instance if a parent die you start to look at that person in another way when they're gone. And all of a sudden, these people almost are saints. <laughs> you can only remember I the know. good times. Yeah. 
um, you can only remember the nice times you had with that person, even mm. though when you could have like really, really horrible fights with them. But I think that when a big event like that happens, you are maybe, or I did, I re-evaluated my childhood. You grew up also maybe a bit. Yes, you do. And I got, immediately I got another kind of relationship with my father when uh, your mother died yes mm. we said to each other the day after the funeral we were sitting in a cafe and he looked at me and he said let's promise each other that we're always going to be honest with each other and always say Aww. how we feel see yeah Yeah, yeah, but you know, and and that That's changed. Lovely. That changed because mm. I always, yeah, I haven't always said what I what I feel, but somewhere along the line, when you grow up, you have to leave the childhood behind you and get on with your life, kind of thing. Yes, because... but if it's really serious things that has happened, I don't think you know you can say get on with your life. Come on, no, no, but you have to work through them, of course. Obviously. Yes, of course, and with help. Mm. supporting people around you mm -hmm. mm. but no i think um, a lot of people are focusing so much on their uh, childhoods uh, their shitty childhoods or whatever <laughs> but i mean even though if you if you if you talk about somebody and uh, you, you say that oh it was really horrible because he he killed the neighbor or something <laughs> and everybody says, yes i know but he had a very tough childhood It's like that's going to explain that's I mean. something. You can't blame everything in your no. life on your childhood. You you need to. But a lot of people do. Mm. A lot of people do, and they have mm. that. You know, they draw that card. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, I had I had a horrible childhood. Okay. Yeah. Well, but who you didn't? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, did. You but didn't. you are not a serial killer. <laughs> no, I'm not. No. <laughs> I think everybody can be anybody, depending on what life does to you so, mm -hmm. by the way i think we can all be mother Teresa, and we mm -hmm. can all be an evil despot mm -hmm. but i want to circle back to something sophia said which is the idea that we use what we consider a crappy childhood like mine wasn't crappy throughout by the way but there were definitely uh, some long phases that created certain events that made me a little less courageous maybe about life or whatever it is but i want to circle back to this idea that maybe We employ all these explanations because we're in this Freudian almost or psychoanalytical tradition now mm -hmm. that everything gets explained with the crappy childhood. And though there is a validity to it, there's this other psychologist who lived and knew Freud at the same time. Jung. His name is Alfred Adler. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he actually separated from the whole Freudian philosophy, if we want to call it that, at a very early stage. And though I haven't read a book about Alfred Adler, I read a book where they spoke a lot in his tradition. And he, just to sort of put a little provocative question at the end, actually full on denies trauma. And I Whoa. took huge offense when I first read this book. Um, what's it called? It's that Japanese guy, something... I don't know, the German title was, was you don't have to be liked by everybody. And I know that's not the English title, but for the life of me, I can't recall it. I, I read, my excuse is going to be, I read a lot of books, people. Yeah. And but what they talk about is that you are, ha you have an, um, a benefit by using your childhood. Like, let's say there's something you routinely don't do. Um, maybe it's big crowds. You routinely avoid big crowds because they scare the crap out of you and you get anxiety. The idea here that was being proclaimed was 
you're using that anxiety to maybe get attention, to maybe get someone to take care of you, maybe even to draw a certain kind of partner yeah, towards you. Exactly. What do you think about that philosophy? I've heard this. I've actually heard someone say that about a person I used to have in my life uh, as a child, that some people use that to get what yeah, they want. Yeah, but, uh, but I also got a little bit now uh, offended because I don't like big crowds and I do get anxiety in, in really big crowds, like big concerts and so on. Uh -huh. uh, and that's not because I want attention. Absolutely not. But did you, do you mean a little bit of a drama queen or you mean like really severe anxiety? I don't, for one, like the word drama queen anyway. It's like hysterical. It's just one of those words in, connoted to women that I, I can't stand. However, I've thought about it. I, I thought of actually gay guys, drama queens. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure they're going to be real happy about that one. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, when I, I guess it's important that to state that each of us is always only talking from her own experience, right? So I'm not making a blanket statement here. But I thought what was interesting is that I took offense. I got a little pissed off at what he was saying because it's not like I felt like someone's not understanding me or belittling me. It's because I wondered, oh, does he have a point? Am I getting something out of this? And that is the question I went after. And to be very honest, he kind of did a little bit. Yeah. Because when you say you've had a crappy childhood and, um, you know, I don't know, you had depressed parents, for example, it is a tiny fraction, maybe a little bit easier, talking about myself now, mm -hmm. that when I'm in a depressed mood, well, what are you going to do? You know, dad was like that or mom was like that. And that makes it a bit too easy. But I'm speaking for myself, not for other people and certainly not for people who have full on depression. Just as this is a very mundane example. What do you think? I think there's something in that, but I think it's also probably a bit uh, sort of dangerous to make that a fact and say this is the way it is. Definitely. Uh, but isn't it also like they want to have explanations? Isn't it like all humans wants to know? Yeah, you said something about, oh, my mother was depressed or uh, for an example, as an example. But I think that, I mean, if you if you're not feeling good, Uh, if you if you are depressed or you have anxiety or whatever and you have somebody in your um, family, I think that's the first way to go because, like I said, as a human being, you seek explanations, or I do. I mean, I really would like to, but, you know, it, it doesn't matter for me, to be honest, because I can't look at my parents and say, why do I, why am I like this or not? Because they are not my biological ones. So I just have mm -hmm. to, like, whatever. But, but not only that, it's like it doesn't help me. Like all no. the psychotherapy when they talk about my father and my mother. First of all, I get totally bored. I'm already bored hearing myself talk about. I'm like, dude, could we talk about something else? Yeah. Because this yeah. is boring the hell out of me. Secondly, it doesn't help me. Everybody has parents who have issues. For Christ's sake, they're humans, right? Yeah. Granted yeah. now that mine are smaller than other people's. But it doesn't help me to dig. This is why I believe in coaching by the way, um, because I, it, it never helped me to keep digging back and go back again over father and mother. It didn't go forward. It just kept going backward. I have been in therapy also a lot, different kind of couples therapy alone, and I've been doing different kinds of... Haven't uh, we all? Yes, that's what I mean. And uh, I must say, the amount I get out of, you know, in terms of 
insights or my feelings or let you know cry or laugh or whatever it is i get i get more out of you and speaking to speaking to my very very wise and loving friends than Mm. i ever had from a therapist except for one but i'm not going to mention her name but but that's us i also know examples of people who totally benefited from therapy by the way Mm. who i saw go through a journey so i guess it's a matter of what methodology works for you but for me the backward motion just it didn't didn't do it for me i i always felt you know, you can have a crappy childhood, but you don't have to have a crappy adulthood. And therapy just didn't seem like the kind of method that would guarantee that process. <laughs> you know? No, no. All right. Anyway, that was uh, a very interesting conversation. I feel like we could have said a lot more, but I want to wrap it up here. So I'll ask one more question. What does a happy adulthood look like for you? There is no such thing as total happiness all the time. I have come to that conclusion that the moments when you actually feel happy, they come and go. So for me, it's a way of when I say I have a good life and I'm happy and all that. I mean, life goes up and down, back and forth, but to have a sort of a ground feeling of I am being loved and I am capable of loving my partner in this case. That's a good adulthood. I think you can be 100% happy. You see? This is our childhood. (laughs) Yes, yeah. So We really are coming full circle. And I know that, you know, of course, it's ups and downs, but I feel 100% happy but uh, not all the time are you actually happy all the time yeah yeah i am happy all the time but then you have the circumstance i can be annoyed i can be angry or whatever that's what i mean no but i'm i'm kind of happy all the time if i look inside of me my core it's mm-hmm. happy it's, i'm happy i'm a happy camper no but if i have to define it there is just one thing and that's safety for me mm-hmm. To feel safe. To feel safe. Yes, me too. Mm. I can totally safe. relate to that. Safe and balanced. Yeah. I think for me, because it would probably entail the safety, because I was just asked this in the interview on that podcast I did the other day. By the way, German speakers, Einfach ganz Leben, there's an interview with me about conscious uncoupling. There, how was that for a pitch? <laughs> I love it. Well done. No, but for me, she asked me at the end, what does Glück, in Germany they have this word Glück, mm-hmm. uh, fortune actually mm-hmm. mean to you? Mm-hmm. And I was caught off guard by the question. And I answered to really, really like myself. That was yeah. mine. Yeah. Because everything else can come from there, you know, yeah. felt that way. All mm-hmm. right, girls, thank you so much again. Thank you mostly, as always, for your honesty and the frank answers that you sometimes <laughs> give. <laughs> Bye, girls. Till next Bye. Time. Thank you. Bye. Oh, sorry. One more thing. I yeah. forgot. We have a new landing page. <gasps> we have a website. Karina, you want to tell them what the URL is? It's meandthegals.com. Check Yay. it out. So subscribe to the podcast, rate and review wherever you do get your podcasts. And if you think you might want to be a gal on our podcast, then drop us a line. Till next time, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.